0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Life podcast, brought to you by Product Marketing Alliance. My name is Emma Bellardi, and I'm a content marketer here at PMA. Today's podcast is sponsored by Compite. Compite is a leading competitive intelligence automation platform designed to simplify the process of competitive tracking across the broadest spectrum of digital channels, helping customers gain and deliver deep strategic insights and rise above the noise in crowded markets with real-time insights compite provides customers tools to best drive messaging positioning product development and revenue capture head to compite.com for more info and a complimentary free trial as part of this series we're connecting with pmms all over the world about various product marketing topics and in this episode we're joined by mike Palmer we'll be discussing building growing and scaling product marketing at ubereats mike is the global head of product marketing at ubereats with 13 plus years experience driving highly analytical growth strategies and building sustainable product and brand differentiation. Mike, it's great to have you with us. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks Emma. Great to chat.
0: Awesome. And so could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Uber Eats?
1: Absolutely. So uh, as you mentioned, I'm the global head of product marketing for Eats. Uh, I started almost four years ago in January, uh, back when Uber Eats was not Uber Eats, it was Ubers delivering food in the back of the car. How is this going to work? <laughs> um, and now I think uh, over those four years, we've, we've gone from delivering food in the back of the car to being a centerpiece of the, the Uber brand and, and the business. So it's been a wild four years, a lot of great adventures and a lot of fun times.
0: Absolutely. So it's, you, you um, joined six months post-startup. And as you say, like, Uber Eats has just exploded globally. So how's mm-hmm. your experience of product marketing changed since the start of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It has. Uh, it's, it's grown uh, as much as the business has, I would say. Um, so I, I look at it as a little bit of chapters. Um, the first chapter really, uh, as we were growing and, and scaling, was... Um, just establishing what product marketing really was on Eats. Um, product marketing, I think, is still a little bit of a newer function in some parts of the, the the industry. I think there are always some misconceptions of what product marketing is. It looks a little bit different at, at every company. Um, I've talked to some folks when I was interviewing with, with uh, uh, trying to hire people, and actually one person said, now I know my job title is in product marketing, but I actually don't do product marketing. Um, so, so I think that that there's a lot of definition that's still required in the industry.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, the, the beginning of the time on EATS really was just defining what product marketing was. I would talk about, I have a deck and a presentation that I call product market, product marketing, where you have to really define the core value um, of the function. And then as the business has grown and scaled, so has product marketing, um, so going from one, two, three people up to six, seven, eight, um, up to 10, 11, 12, you know, I think every time a team doubles, it's, it's almost a new team again. So yeah. a lot of growth through that time.
0: So, um, speaking of scaling up, can you talk us through how you built your team?
1: Yeah. So I, again, I would think a little bit about the stages that the business took and then had to think about how product and marketing would fit within that. So The first couple hires we had on EATS product marketing specifically were um, not to use a sports analogy. So I'm still looking for a better one, but I, you know, air quotes athletes. And I think that these were people who were um, super analytical. I think a lot of them were honestly quite scrappy. uh, And we really in product marketing filled all the roles. So Mm -hmm. product marketers early on were expected to be able to think strategically as well as be able to execute. They were asked to think creatively as well as analytically. You had to work with performance marketing and sometimes you had to write your own email copy. So the early product marketers we had on Eats were really um, super talented, really you know hardworking, scrappy, um, uh, general product marketers who I think uh, fit the business at that time.
0: Yeah. So uh, I'm just wondering what the timeframe looks like and hmm you know, when, when you were kind of looking what, what you were looking for in PMMs at that point, did those attributes change at all from senior to junior positions? Or was that more of a, um, did that change as, as you kind of scaled up?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I really do think every time a team or a company doubles, it's a new team. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, you know, there were these chapters, the first one of, you know, zero to zero to two, zero to four, somewhere, somewhere around there. That was the first stage. Um, I did think uh, there was there was some point probably around six or seven people maybe when we started to scale where you know I had too many direct reports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the first moment for me where um, I would get this feeling where I was like, wow, I actually feel really stretched. And I think when that started to happen, that was my signal to scale. And that's what scaling felt like is I, I feel like it was like you're being pulled physically in so many different directions between one-on-ones and meeting some priorities and products. And that's when you start to, to need a management layer. Um, to, to the point of the junior versus more senior employees, I think that whenever, you know, management is a responsibility and it's, um, it's a big one. And I mm-hmm. think that it is a natural point of people's career trajectory and career growth to go from an IC to a manager. But um, I think that generally, if you have uh, a really thin middle layer, um, that's where people you know, can either feel disempowered or um, uh, you, you don't scale the right way. So yeah. when I look for more senior leaders, I think I, I look for the things that make great product marketers, great product marketers. Are you user focused? Are you, um, uh, do you have a great ability to tell a story or do you have a spike in growth? But the element that I really stretch for is culture fit. And what does that mean? Are you gonna live out the values? Are you going to build a team? Are you gonna be a supportive manager who's helping people learn and grow and develop? And I think that's the missing link that, that you really go from being a, a senior, a strong IC to being a manager and, and how that uh, changes on the recruiting
0: side. Absolutely. And um, so how many people do you currently manage and how, how is the team structured?
1: Yeah, so it's always a little complicated with dotted lines, hard lines, but I think it's generally around <laughs> um, uh, 12 to 14 people probably who are working on eats or delivery in some some way, shape, or form in product marketing. Um, uh, in, tam- in terms of the way the team's structured, as I kind of mentioned, you know, there are, we, we work in a matrix organization, which has been yeah. um, a change in the past, you know, year or two years of just seeing the business grow. Um, So we map quite closely to product. And I would say that that's the underlying principle that I and the team has taken in building product marketing. I always say that the first title in our, the first word in our job title is product. So if we don't think about the product experience, you know, you could just be a marketer, um, which I I think is what makes product marketing special. and unique. So we generally map the product areas. So there's a consumer bucket, which is, you know, uh, Uh, the ear side. We have new verticals, which is all the exciting new businesses that Eats is is getting into and the delivery business is getting into from restaurant food delivery to non-restaurant food delivery, um, pet food to flowers, um, uh, groceries um, around the world. So that's that second bucket. And then the third bucket is around um, the B2B side, and that's merchants. Uh, So again, more than just restaurants, we actually have uh, you know, as a side of the marketplace, we have to think about the B2B, the business side, restaurants, grocery stores, alcohol stores, convenience shops, et cetera. And that's the that's third leg of the, the team and the, the structure essentially.
0: Okay, so um, talking about that structure, how do you attribute roles and responsibilities to product marketers in your team? Does that, is that a kind of, um, you know, natural follow on from the structure of where you're at and the size of the organization?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the first question when doing that is what are the is understand quite deeply what the business and the product goals are. For example, you know we've actually just had quite an interesting uh, philosophical question of how do we think about these new bets. Um, so when you're thinking about eats, for example, you know three or four years ago, eats was a totally separate business. We had our own CEO essentially. We had our own um, CMO for a while. We had. Um, uh, you know, our own head of product and all these people reported up to the CEO of Eats. Um, as the business grows and scales and you start to move to a much more centralized function for efficiencies and functional expertise and all the all the reasons that that makes sense, when you start to take another bet, which is grocery or a new vertical, for example, as I was alluding to early, you have to kind of think about what the business goals and objectives are and what are the problems that you're trying to solve. So, I think at the heart of it, product marketing really does need to support the product. Product marketing really does need to support the business. So you can't make any of those staffing or role decisions in isolation. You have to understand what is the business strategy? What is the product strategy? And then how does your structure support that strategy?
0: Okay. Okay. So I guess what um, I kind of wanted to know was, um, can you talk us through some of the hiring challenges you faced when you've been Building and structuring your teams.
1: Oh yes, so nice. <laughs> much.
0: Um,
1: so I I think that I think that hiring talent is always the hardest, but also the most rewarding and most important thing you can do. Um, I think again, it you know it it comes to three check boxes, I'd say the mm-hmm. first one is um, is this person a product marketer? And this is where I kind of find the the line and the delineation gets a little wonky sometimes because I've interviewed hundreds of people um, and I would say a lot of them are really incredible brand or marketing managers. Mm -hmm. But the area that I always look for the the little stretch on is, do you have product intuition? And when I say product intuition, that really means two things. I think one, it means, can you articulate trade-offs? Why would you make this decision versus this decision? How does this affect the product or the user experience? Um, and then, two is I think, you know, when you think about the, the user in this, do you have deep consumer empathy? Do you have deep customer empathy? And how does that show up? So, the first checkbox I would say is you have to find somebody who uh, has that product intuition. And, and, you know, just even that is, is a big, big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing I would say as a challenge, is finding where the marketer spikes or the product marketer spikes. So I have generally seen, this is a little bit of an overgeneralization, but I, I feel quite confident in this. I think <laughs> you generally see that somebody is either a little bit more on the creative storyteller brand side yeah. or they're more on the analytical growth performance side. So, okay. um, you know, we've been fortunate to have people on, on both ends of that spectrum. And then the final Piece, as I kind of said, the last checkbox of, of the challenge is really: um, are they fitting with the culture? Because Uber is a unique place, and I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> that it's fast-paced, it's hard, it's challenging. There's a lot of ambiguity. That's not for everybody, and I think that's mm-hmm. okay. So I think that we've really pushed. I've really pushed to make it as clear as possible that you know this isn't going to be just a you know a, a ten to four. This isn't going to be um uh you're not going to be bored i promise you this isn't all the problems have been solved but i think finding people who are excited and engaged in that is really the the final challenge that you have to come uh overcome to be successful in, at oh, Uber and product sure. marketing.
0: Um, so what are some of the lessons you've learned the hard way in uh in your time as a product marketer
1: Oof, good one i think um <laughs> so I think that there are a
0: couple. I think the first one I would say
1: is um, uh, what got you here won't get you there. And I think that's probably the the truest thing I could say about growth and scaling. Um, again, going from zero to two to four to eight to 16 to 12, what you know, whatever, that at each stage you needed something totally different. Um, Uh, And I think just being really conscious and really aware of all the things that have to change when you scale. It's not just the people. It's not just the skills. It's actually really tactical things. Like how do you run meetings? How do you communicate out to the team? Um, Do you send weekly emails? Do you send monthly emails? Are you sending um, team meetings? Are you sending uh, audience meetings? I think some of those are underrated elements of growth and scale that, you have to actually be quite deliberate of how does information transfer when you're two or three people, everybody kind of knows everything, but when you're 16 people in, you know, three different cities and two different business lines, that's really a huge change. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would kind of say that the, the overarching pieces um, what, what got you here doesn't necessarily get you there. But the second thing I would say to build on that actually is that you can't forget what got you here too. And that means that you have to build a culture. You have to have clear, defined values. You have to get people excited about why are they showing up every day, every morning to do the work and what that is. And that shouldn't necessarily change. People should, should still be motivated by solving the hard problems with smart people. People should still be engaged in the mission and the, the products of the company. And people should still feel excited about the impact you can make. So I think those are the two things I would say going over the last four years of, of growth and scale, what you have to kind of keep in mind.
0: Excellent. Um, so how do you decipher whether the team shape is structured by business product segment or region in like such a big company? How does that work? Yeah,
1: yeah I think that on the structure side, um, I, I think, well, I'll talk more broadly about the transition going from, um, when we went from the you know all reporting to the CEO to being in a matrix organization, which is all reporting under the global head of product marketing for Uber, mm-hmm. I think that that was probably, a, that was a really significant change because um, when you're in a line of business, you have a lot of autonomy. You, you kind of are the startup. You have your own culture and your own identity. Um, but again, I would come back to the, the hero principle of mapping to product and mapping to product areas. And I think that, We've always taken our cue a little bit from product, which is aligned quite closely with the business. Um, uh, And we want to make sure that we're supporting that. I think in terms of structuring in in a big company, um, I think the complexity just increases in the number of nodes you have. So, you know, less so on the the eater side, for example, but do you go with a consumer bucket or do you go with an eater and a writer bucket? I think those are, Those are the types of challenges that you experience as you grow and scale from, you know, little scrappy startup to bigger company. And um, I don't think it necessarily has to change being part of Uber versus being in a 300 or 400 person company. I think the the principles are actually quite similar.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. So we normally like to wrap up the show with um, some words of wisdom. So could you give us your top three tips for scaling product marketing?
1: Yeah. Um, So I think the very first one is um, nothing is set in stone, maybe. Um, I think that there's a really unique balance you have to strike between optimizing for the here and now, and then the accumulation of debt that you have to have. You just have to take on, which is, you know, sometimes you'll make a decision and you'll go, oh, I know in six months I'm going to have to make this hard choice a different way. Yeah. you know, be, be purposeful around um, where you are and are not accumulating debt. I think that's the first one. Um, second one I would say is really, really define that culture and know what you're optimizing for and know what you're not optimizing for. And then the other thing I would say is build your recruiting process around that. Um, one of my favorite stories actually was four years ago when we were three and a half years ago when we were hiring product marketers. We had a really tough time um, bringing on people who would be getting through the loop. And the loop was, it was a pretty rough loop. We ended up having our CEO interview every PMM at the time. <laughs> so um, uh, you really had to you know, definitely be at the top of the game. Yeah. And what it meant was um, the type of person we optimized for was somebody who could think quickly on their feet, who would be quite analytical, because that was the stage of the business we were in. Yeah. So we actually decided to change our recruiting process from going where you would have two weeks to build this, you know, big, long case with a lot of time to prepare to actually saying, hey, it's totally fine. These are the questions you have to answer. This is the case. You can, you can build it deck or not. Or if you want to do it live and you want to go off the cuff, that's totally fine. And some of the, the most successful people we actually end up hiring were the people who were able to do it really quickly and live yeah. because they had to pass that test. Um, and then I would say the the last piece of advice really is, um, just honestly, you know, enjoy the ride because hyper growth, when you're in the moment feels scary and you're stressed and you feel the pull of, of being stretched, but hyper growth is also the moment where you learn and you grow and you scale and there's so much opportunity. And I reflect so fondly on, the early days of Eats, where we were just this little scrappy team um, doing so many big things, and just know that when you're in that period of hypergrowth, it can feel stressful or or full of tension to to build and grow and scale a product and team. But you know that's that's the magic. That's some of the beauty of of the job. So absolutely, um, just be a long for the ride and enjoy it.
0: Stop and smell the roses. <laughs> Uh, exactly exactly well thank you so much for joining us today mike uh that was really insightful and again thanks for your time it was lovely to speak to you
1: yeah thanks emma
0: appreciate it no problem for everyone still tuned in thanks so much for listening and if you enjoyed the podcast please help us spread the word to other product marketers before we leave you to get on with your day if you want to get involved here are a few ways you can If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic, or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are.